0: Southern Miss to the top. To the t- you're tuned in to
2: the Eagle Hour.
0: Happy Monday afternoon. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us this afternoon, wherever you're tuned in. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander is in the studio with me. He's filling in for Luke Johnson, and uh, we're glad to have Kelly here. Glad you're with us as well. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics and a great place for you to enjoy lunch or dinner. Take your family uh, to cater your next event. Whatever your need, Dickie's is there. They're open seven days a week. The food is always fresh and delicious. All right, we're going to be talking to Southern Prohibition Brewery a little later in the show. They now have named the official Golden Eagle beer for the upcoming football season. And we're going to kick off the week by talking a little football with a guy who, uh, now listen to this, during his career, He threw for 473 pass completions, completed 57% of his passes, 6,289 yards, and 52 touchdowns. From 1995 to 1998, Lee Roberts led the Golden Eagles to two Conference USA championships and lettered all four years. He's now the color analyst for the radio network. And Lee, we're glad to have you back on the Eagle Hour.
2: Hey, glad to be back, man. And uh I tell you, getting back on the Eagle hour just makes me excited for football. So uh thanks for having me.
0: Uh well those stats pretty impressive. Now I didn't throw out one, Lee, I'm gonna ask you about. You had a yeah, negative right, five hundred and fifty eight yards rushing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: If you, if you saw me play, you would say Lee was a passer and not a runner, and I've got several several people that would echo that. So I'm just going to leave it at that.
0: I got you. Well, a great quarterback you were. There's, no, uh, there's absolutely no question about that. All I've right, so that. we're less than a couple of months away from football season, and we really don't know who the quarterback is going to be. And the first question I've got for you to kick off the week is, what do you think's going on in camp right now with the kids that play quarterback? And, uh, and what do you think we'll see as uh, the race to the, be the starting quarterback continues?
2: Well, Trey Lowe definitely coming out of spring ball was, was the front runner. And matter of fact, I think Will Hall, you know, maybe even said he, he is the number one guy going into fall camp. Obviously, you know, T. Webb, uh, the transfer from Louisville is going to push. Ty Keys. Uh, was able to get on campus this summer. He is, you know, about everything you could ask for in a high school quarterback, and now he's on campus. Uh, a little bit behind just because he finished out his senior year there at Taylorsville and just didn't get to come on a campus for spring ball. But, you know, athletes, when they show up, they do great things, and I'm excited to see what, what he can do. So, just to start with those three guys, I mean, what, what they're able to do, and uh, again, if if uh Trey Lowe is the starter right now. I mean, T Webb and Taquesha are, are definitely going to push and they're going to make all three of uh, those guys better. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Is that competition good or does that create issues in in your camp, Lee?
2: No, it it's good. I mean, obviously the the more competition you have at at every position, you know, makes everybody better and and it starts with the quarterback and I I'll say this. I mean, Will Hall has said it and I'm sure he'll continue to say that his offense starts you know, with the quarterback, and he's going to build that team around them. And, uh, the, the best guy on, uh, you know, when they finish fall camp will be the starter. And it's, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Obviously, we saw what Trey Lowe, you know, how he finished last year. Uh, he's got the most experience. He's played under multiple coordinators. He really fits in this system really, really well. So, um, a, a lot of excitement for sure. Um, as far as what those guys are doing, I mean, they are working their tails off. I know there are some, some things that they can and can't do with coaches, but they do go out and throw football passes every day. They're on campus uh, working with wide receivers against defensive back, really just trying to get some timing down. Uh, and I think those guys are, you know, I had the opportunity to send him with Will Hall, and he kind of did a, an install of their offense with me and basically showed, hey, this is what we do with each player. You know, three to four times a year, um, and man, that right there got me excited as well. And uh, it, it's a lot of great things happening for Southern Miss football, and you know, the season can't get here quick enough for sure.
1: When, when you think, when you think, Lee, about the system that that uh, Lowe came out of at West Virginia, which was much more high flying, um, you know, a Larry Fedora more type offense, if you will, I, I think that that is is much more uh, designed like Will Hall has his offense than. Hobson's offense, which comparatively speaking would be kind of conservative, so I think the low hall offensive theory is a perfect fit, so much so that Lowe may have even over over achieved in spring training, brought more to the table than they even thought he had. Is that reasonable
2: no and again we we asked Coach Hall that question about trey Hall you know um Trey Lowe how he was or how he is compared to what he thought he was going to be, and he did he's exceeded their expectations. And again, that just shows you, I mean, he he went to West Virginia because he was a heck of a high school quarterback. You know, what we saw at the first part of the year, uh, I think he was just, again, kind of thrown into a very, very tough and odd situation here at Southern Miss. And, you know, that last game against uh, Florida International showed exactly, or Florida Atlantic showed exactly what he can do. And again, if you're able to see him play this spring, a lot of great things that came out of spring with Trey Lowe at the top as well. And one thing he does, you know, does two things really, really well. I mean, one, he does know the offense and he can run this offense, but he throws a really nice deep ball down the field and he he moves around the pocket very well. So I think those two things will help him and help this Southern Miss offense tremendously. But you're right, I think this offense is going to be a perfect fit. All
1: right, Lee, the, the art of quarterbacking, and I don't think there's any mistake in saying that it is an art You've seen the position evolve since the time that you played to today. What major differences, if any, is there in the way a guy has to play quarterback now at the Division One level compared to when you played?
2: Yeah, you know, I think just the complexity of some of these offenses make, make it so, so difficult. But again, what Coach Hall and his staff are going to do, he's going to take something that, that seems very difficult and make it simple for his players and on the on the flip side, just make it look very difficult to the opposing team. Um, so I think that just the complexity, uh, you know, again, what these guys have gone through, multiple different coordinators, changing schemes, changing the verbiage. And, and in my time at Southern Miss, I did go through two coordinators as well. And, and anytime you do have to start over and learn a new system, that does make it very, very difficult. But these guys had a chance starting in January to start learning it. They had the spring uh, and now reinstalling again this summer, and they'll start it back again in the fall as well. So these guys will be ready, and uh, I think the guy that we see playing quarterback for Southern Miss will be a very, very good player, whoever it is.
1: And final question about, I want to talk a little bit about the offense. Do you expect, as a fan, if you're going to get the game, the first game at home, do you expect to see a little bit more conservative offense compared to the offense at the end of the year, or do you fully expect... All four tires are going to be on the rubber, hitting where the rubber meets the road. Game one. Full blast.
2: If you can remember back to what Will Hall came in here and did with Tulane against us the third week of the year, put up 66 points, I think that just kind of speaks volumes of what his plan will be. I don't think he plans to put the brakes on at any point. I think he wants to hit it full gas and keep it going full gas for four full quarters, whether it's game one or game 12 of the season. So uh, game one at home versus Grambling, I think we're going to see a lot of high-flying offense. And then flip side defensively, I think, you know, Coach Armstrong's defense is going to be tough as well. So really excited about both sides of the ball.
0: Lee, is this going to be a run-oriented offense or a pass-happy offense or a balanced offense?
2: You know, I I think it will be a little bit of both. You know, obviously – Offenses these days, you know, you could call a, a run-pass option and you could sometimes run the ball more or throw the ball more. I think it's just uh, kind of what the defense gives you. you know, I think, obviously, Will Hall wants to be able to run the ball, wants to establish the run, and we've got a pretty doggone good running back there, and Frank Gore to do that uh, have added a few more running backs as well. So I think the running back position is going to be uh, that much better. I think the offensive line is going to be better. That will help open up uh, passing lanes, uh, for the quarterback to stand in and throw in, so I think uh, I think you'll see a little bit of both. So I'm excited for sure.
0: Did Will Hall, looking back, win the job as head coach with the performance his team uh, put on the field when Tulane came here last year? You think?
2: Yeah, I think that helped for sure. I mean, I, I just think the the path that Will Hall took to get here was was what was so impressive. Was a a, a Division II, if you will, head coach. And got back into the Division One, the you know Bowl Championship Series team that had Tulane and the Group of Five as a coordinator. I think just that path he's had a lot of success where he's been, has got a lot of great connections, and and I think he was the number one guy all along for Jeremy uh, McLean uh, when when he started to put this process together. So I think the the week that Tulane came in here for sure, that was definitely helped
0: i think we're talking to lee roberts former southern miss great quarterback uh, color analyst for the network can you stick around a few minutes lee i wanted to talk to you about your days at southern miss and i've got a southern miss quarterback question for you if you've got time yeah absolutely all right lee roberts other side of the break very short one stick around we're going to be talking about uh, lee's great career and the quarterback legacy uh, at southern miss hang on
3: Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net, the place to go for your Southern Miss apparel. They're open six days a week on Hardy Street. Kathleen is such a nice lady, and her staff is so eager to help you. You can also go online to campusbookmark.net, or you can even call them, and uh, they'll help you with your merchandise and mail it right to your house. Campus Bookmark at campusbookmark.net. We're talking to Lee Roberts, color analyst of uh, the Golden Eagle Radio Network and a great friend of the Eagle Hour and one of the great quarterbacks in Southern Miss history. We went over the stats uh, earlier in the show, the 52 touchdowns, the 6,300 yards passing, two conference championships. What was the mojo back in those days, Lee, that made uh, your run there and and those teams so successful?
2: Yeah, I think one thing that Coach Bauer was very successful um, was just a, a, able to pick that guy that maybe got overlooked and brought him in and really developed him being a, a really good player. I mean, if you look at just the history, and, and Coach Hall will tell you this today, I mean, it's a selling point, you know, talking to these 18-year-old kids in high school right now about how many kids Southern Miss puts in the NFL. Uh, I mean, in my time, we put a lot of defensive guys in the NFL, a couple of wide receivers that I threw to, made it to the NFL, running backs. Um, tied in offensive line, so uh, the mojo is. We were just a, a really, really good football team that played physical, played Southern Miss style. Uh, we went out as a hard-nosed team, and you know, more importantly, I just feel like we really gelled together and worked together. And I, I think you're going to see a lot of that this year as well as uh, what Will Hall puts on the puts on the field. So, you know, I think it was just a, a team really working for a common goal and uh, guys really helping each other out. And, Working hard was one of our biggest success.
0: Let me throw backers. some names at you. Jeff Bauer, Jeff Kelly, Lee Roberts, Reggie Collier, Austin Davis, Brett Favre.
1: This Nick, is, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Nick uh, Mullins uh, Nick, yep.
0: What a legacy of quarterbacks at this uh, university. You know, a lot of schools just don't match that kind of quarterback legacy. What, what's been the key there?
2: You know, again, I, I think it's it, that people really want to come to Southern Miss. I mean – it started back with, you know, even really before uh, Coach Bauer. But you know, obviously Reggie Collier, a huge name. You put Reggie Collier in a in a uniform today, and he's a first round pick making millions of dollars just what he can do on the football field. But it just kind of felt like, you know, the offensive system was not there when when he played. But but you're right. I mean, the players that come through Southern Miss that put on the black hat at the quarterback position are just. They're, they're solid guys. They're leaders. They're guys that that are winners. And, uh, you know, they really surround themselves with, with great people. And, again, a lot of those guys move on into the NFL. And uh, just an, an honor for my name to be mentioned amongst those.
0: Well, I know Kelly's got a couple questions he wants to ask you about your kids playing, but I want to throw one more at you. The landscape of college football is really changing now. And uh, this announcement by the uh, Supreme Court, the decision by the Supreme Court, seems to be opening the floodgates to college athletes making money i think the quarterback at auburn has already signed a deal with milo's t i read over the weekend that the old miss quarterback wants $10,000 i read a, a story just this morning that there is a, a gymnast at uh, lsu who they think could make a million dollars in endorsements lee What's your thought about this? From a fan's perspective, it seems to me that we're seeing the death of of college athletics as we've known them.
2: Well, you know, I mean, as you and I know it, college athletics are amateur sports, right? I mean, it's guys that are are not getting paid. And, you know, once you start to get paid, it really changes the the level that, you know, you look at the game, it becomes more than, you know, just a game that you love. It just becomes really, and even though it is a business, it becomes really more of a business than you know, I'm, I'm afraid that it, it's going to hurt the landscape of college athletics. And, you know, I, I hate, I hate to see it, but it is the way it is. I mean, I, I truly feel like, you know, these guys deserve something. You know, obviously they, they are the face of college athletics and the university that they play, but it's, it's tough to see. And I, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. If, if there's something that's done on the power five level and the group of five level and the conference level. Because again, you can't compete with those bigger schools, and you said the old Miss quarterbacks want ten thousand dollars. I mean, that's that is pretty uh, pretty amazing to hear that.
1: He's, they said he's not going to get it, and he said, "Why? I got it when when I was a senior in high school. You gave it to me. Why can't, why, why can't
0: I?" Have it? <laughs> that's not exactly true. There, no,
1: right, no, right. Just, just just joking. <laughs> but one of the things I really, really love about going to Southern Miss football games is that Lee Roberts' wife Tracy sits by herself. So that's, of course, a great opportunity for me to to sit next to her and, uh, you know, have good conversations.
2: And Um, and she loves, whether it's a football game or whatever, when she runs into Kelly Center, she enjoys it just as much, uh, Kelly.
0: So there you go. Don't encourage
1: it. That's very kind. Don't encourage it. But I want to ask about your four boys, Lee. All of them have, have shown an aptitude. Of course, one of them is on the Southern Miss basketball team right now. But you would think with the name of Roberts that there would be that that feeling among your boys that they would have to go the football route, but yet they have all gravitated to basketball. Can you talk about that family dynamic?
2: You know, I really don't know where that stems from. I played three sports in high school, and after my sophomore year, basketball was the sport that that I chose to give up just because it kind of ran into baseball season, and I was least good at basketball. not saying I didn't love it, but that was just the sport that I was not as good at, and You know, I can't say that about my kids. I mean, it it started with with Blake in about the third or fourth grade, uh, his love for basketball, and it it really trickled down. I think my oldest wished he would have played in high school, just kind of seeing how things have evolved. Uh, Of course, Bentley in in high school as well, and then Brooks uh, in ninth grade. I mean, they, they all do love the game of basketball. But I will say this. Uh, one of them has decided to play football this year, which is, which is going to be interesting to get to see a Roberts in a football uniform this year.
1: But, and I want to ask, too, about as a father, of course, you achieving the level that you did, but now as a father of, of uh, players, you know, youngsters coming up, I have found that guys who achieved sports at a really high level are really chill when it comes to their kids playing sports. You know, guys that have played in the major leagues in the NFL they say, man, I don't care. If my kid wants to play piano, if they want to, you know, do whatever, I'm all for it. They don't have to go the sports route. It seems to be the guys that were always picked last on the playground are the ones that are so hardcore about their kids playing sports at the high school or college level, or is it just me?
2: No, I think you're right. I mean, I think too many times you see dads trying to live through the life of their kids, and. You know, whether it's coaching them in little league or once they get into high school, just that guy in the stands. And I mean, I I can get excited when they do things well. And um, obviously, at the end of a competition, I can talk to them about what they didn't do well. But, you know, my kids have a drive, and I'm glad that they do. I I don't have to push them to do certain things. And, you know, they have. They've kind of evolved into their own love for different things. And I'm I'm more of a supporter than anything. I'm not going to push them in one direction. But as soon as they come to me to ask me, hey, Dad, can you help me with this? I'm going to be the first to jump up and, and do that just because you know, I want them to succeed at what they want to succeed at, whether it's you know a, a sport or I want them to succeed, obviously, in school as well or, or whatever it may be. So uh, as a father, they, they do make me proud. I'm proud to say that they're all great boys, and I'm proud of each and every one of them. Final,
1: the final question I have, Lee, in front of everyone listening on the Eagle Hour today, if your son came up to you and said, Dad... I want to go to school at Ole Miss. I want to go to Oxford. All right, you've been asked the question, Lee. How are you going to handle that?
2: Well, first of all, we'll see what kind of scholarship they got. That's going to be the main factor because that's going to be a huge, huge portion. And I'm afraid, you know, I may uh, I may cross this path at one point with one of my boys. Uh You know, obviously, you know, they know my love for Southern Miss. Two of my kids have have gone to Southern Miss, one of them's graduating this summer. One's Obviously, you mentioned the basketball player. But, yeah, they, uh, they, they're they going to choose their own path, and at some point they're going to make a decision that we'll have to talk about. So uh, if we cross that bridge, we shall see. But uh, deep down, my kids will, will always have a great love for Southern Miss just because that's what they know. They, they wear the black and gold. They support uh, the school that I played at, and, of course, they love going to athletic events here in Hattiesburg.
0: Well, I I think I told you I I think it was your oldest son that I recently met uh, at Hattiesburg Clinically, mm-hmm. and uh, what an outstanding young man, uh, you know, just just polite, engaging, uh, intelligent. Uh, I know that you're very proud of all your kids.
2: No, I am, and I, I appreciate you saying that. And uh, and and they're all different. They all are, um, you know, like I said, great kids. I am proud of each and every one of them, but. I can't wait to see what the future holds and how they all mold and shape themselves into different young men, but they are going into – uh, being a young man, and it's it's neat to see. So I appreciate you saying that. It's a, a great compliment. Is when somebody can compliment your kids. So uh, that is awesome.
0: Well, Lee Roberts, we appreciate your time. We're going to call on you throughout the summer if you're good with that to kind of keep us abreast of what's developing. And then uh, once the season starts, uh, you know if you're if you're willing, we of course want you to come back with us every Monday and, and analyze the games. We always always appreciate your input, my friend.
2: Absolutely, I appreciate you guys. Love talking to you, and uh, yeah, look forward to. When we can get on the air uh, each week, so that's uh, that's down the road, and look forward to it. And Lee, Lee,
1: one final thing, please please tell Tracy I said hello.
2: (laughs) I would do it. I would do it, Kelly, just for you. I would let her know.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Lee. Lee Roberts, everybody, great quarterback, color analyst for the Golden Eagles. Appreciate his input. We're going to talk about beer when we come back. Southern Miss beer. Miss to the top. I want to thank Lee Roberts for coming on the Eagle Hour. Great conversation with uh, Lee, big friend of the show. And once football starts, uh, as he said, he'll be on the Eagle Hour every Monday. Tomorrow should be interesting. Tom Brock, who has run the chain gang for the Golden Eagles for 25 years, is uh, going to be on the show along with Patrick McGee. And I just got this confirmed Friday afternoon. Had a, a long conversation, uh, good good exchange with former head coach Larry Fedora will be on the Eagle Hour Friday, and then a week from today, Austin Davis, former NFL quarterback, Golden Eagle great, and current quarterback with the Seattle Seahawks on the show. So uh, working hard to bring you good guests as we uh, move on through the summer and get ready to kick off football season. Now, one of the things that's going to be different this year when the Golden Eagles take the field is there is going to be a new beer, a new Golden Eagle beer that's going to be available uh at the game ben green works for southern prohibition brewery he's the man responsible for this and uh all right ben tell us how this came about and uh, tell us what the fans decided they want to see
3: yeah 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 thanks for having me on um yeah so you know i uh i attended southern miss we have several people here at the brewery that attended southern miss and uh we this this Thing going around the country right now where different craft breweries in different regions are doing, you know, beers kind of baked in their community and their, you know, in their backyard for, for different colleges and stuff. So we're not necessarily uh, inventing the will. We're just trying to perfect it, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, we, we just really wanted to kind of get the community involved. And, you know, uh, several years ago when we when we were allowed to Actually, purchase alcohol uh, inside the stadium. Kind of knew then, like, hey, this would be something awesome to try to get uh, working for the future. Um, and just kind of, you know, kind of seeing some of the feedback uh, last week. It seems like there's a lot of uh, Golden Eagle fans that are really excited about it too. So,
0: so tell us about this brew and uh, what kind of participation did you get? What did what did the uh, fan base select?
3: Yeah, yeah. So you know, we 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 were. Hand in hand with the uh, university on this athletic department and diff- various different departments to kind of make this happen, um, because we kind of we, we kind of knew we wanted to use one of the, the old school vintage logos that uh, everyone loves so much, um, and we, we decided, you know what, like we're partnering up with the university. This is you know great for the community, it's great for the university, it's great for us. Let's get some of the fans involved as well. So. You know, we decided to have a contest on kind of two different can designs and two different names. Now, you know, the the beer is kind of set in stone now, but we wanted everyone to kind of have a uh, have a say and kind of vote for you know what their favorite name and can design was. Um, so, I, I think I think the people have spoke and they decided uh, we were going to go with uh, the beer named uh, called Gold Rush. Um, it's a golden lager. And it is the uh, the black can. If anyone has seen the uh, the can yet, the,
1: the mock-ups. So those will be available for, for the first home game. Now, initially, Ben, anytime you talk about you know anytime you talk about alcohol in the deep south, sometimes that's a subject that people like to shy away from. I would imagine, just just being very candid here, that there were probably some at the university that weren't real crazy about a relationship between a brewery and an athletic department.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I honestly, like I, if, if anybody was upset, it wasn't ever, uh, brought across, uh, to us, you know, everyone has been extremely willing to, uh, to kind of go forward with this and, and obviously in a very responsible way, cause, you know, that's another part of it is, you know, it, it was, we're already selling alcohol in the uh, stadium. So, you know, why not get two kind of local groups in the community together to make something awesome happen? Um, but yes, you're you're definitely right. You know, not everybody uh, drinks, or not everybody drinks in front of other people uh, down here in the deep south. Uh, but we have uh, we have high hopes for it, and like I said, the uh, the outpouring from the fans just seems it seems to be awesome. So I think uh, there's some people that are really excited for it. I
1: love it. I love that choice of words, outpouring.
0: You know, right. <laughs> yeah. and, and I don't know what you guys are talking <laughs> about. I grew up with a bunch of Italians in the Delta. I don't know anybody that didn't drink. <laughs> well including the priest
1: one one of the reasons that this came about though ben let's uh, let's be honest is the money right southern miss is going to be able to to bank a lot more money because of this partnership than usual how without getting into big details kind of how does that work
3: yeah so kind of kind of how our setup always is and including this uh you know current beer right here we uh we make beer, and then we sell it to a distributor, and then that distributor sells it to a gas station, grocery store, restaurant, bar, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, so this is this is kind of no different, you know? So we are going to make our beer. Uh, we are going to go through the proper channels, and that's why it's going to be available all through uh, Hattiesburg and uh, at, at the stadium. Um, you know, we, we wanted to also, besides having this, specific beer available at The Rock uh, on game days, we also wanted some of the the businesses that are really, you know, the proud sponsors of the Southern Miss family kind of going on, you know, uh, all the Keith superstores, the Keg and Barrel, uh, Corner Market. So there's going to be several different places that you can actually buy this beer uh, to kind of stock your ice chest or your fridge at home. Um, prior to going in
1: to watch the game. Okay, so you could choose from a lot of different formulas of beer. Ben, I know your Berserker mode has like a, which is pr- predominantly a winter beer, but that's got like almost 9% alcohol content. You've got on yeah. the other end your light beer. So how did you decide on a certain formula? You mentioned this is going to be a, a a lager or a pilsner? Would... Yeah, yeah. So this is, this is uh,
3: we calling it a golden lager. Um, so... You know, when you kinda of think of uh, uh, spectators watching sports and, and drinking beer, you know, that is uh, obviously nothing new. Um people tend to like to drink things that are refreshing when it's hot outside and you know, nothing too heavy or too assertive on the taste. So, you know, we we really shot for a uh, a lower alcohol level, um and just something that's really clean and crisp and refreshing. Um that, you know, you can drink uh, you can drink several of and still be able to cheer uh after halftime there.
0: Now, on a very serious note, Ben, this show is the go-to place for Southern Miss athletics, and we care deeply about the Southern Miss fan base. And so we've discussed it here, and just to be sure that our fan base is treated right and not disappointed, we are willing to sample a couple of cases of this beer. Uh, Kelly and I both uh would be willing to sample as much as you're willing to provide in an effort in an effort to help out the Southern Miss fan base.
1: We'll take one for hey, the team.
3: Y'all were, y'all were doing good work there. Uh and we would we would love to uh to get some on there. Maybe we can do an on-air tasting uh before it comes out for everybody.
0: Well, we're we're up for that.
1: So when will that happen, Ben? When will when will uh Gold Rush be unveiled and available to the general public?
3: So what we're kind of shooting for right now is we're shooting for about two weeks prior to our first home game. That way we've got a little bit of time to kind of stick it uh, in some of those uh, in, in corner markets and some of the key superstores and some of that. And just a side note as well. So this, this beer is only available in, uh, in, in a 16 ounce can.
1: Okay, when it, when it becomes available, it will only be available in the 16-ounce can. And then how long, is this just going to be, because I know a lot of the beers that you develop at, at SoPro and Market, Southern Prohibition mm-hmm. that is, are seasonal beers, like my favorite, Berserker Mode. Is Gold Rush yep. going to be just during the football season, or is this here to stay now? Uh,
3: we're we're kind of, you know, taking that, how uh, how it how, we're not really sure on all that right now. Um, I think what everyone is hoping is that this is great, and you know we have it available at different sporting uh, sporting events and different things kind of throughout the year. so you know we're really trying to put some lights uh, underneath this thing um and make it just kind of more more about a year round uh, offering and less about oh this is a couple months for football season.
0: so let me ask you a business question in the last ninety seconds we have left uh, uh you know the the independent uh independent uh, breweries like Southern Prohibition are now popping up all over the country. How difficult yep. has it been to compete with the big major, you know, the big major national brands? Do you do you look for niches to to put your product in, or how do you go about competing with the Budweisers of the world?
3: Yeah, you know, we we have a little bit a different approach uh, than when we first opened up eight years ago, uh, kind of being a lot smaller. But you know, honestly, we just kind of go after. Uh, we provide products that you know aren't necessarily their uh, strong suit in their portfolio, so to speak. Um, we're kind of going after after different uh, different things,
0: it, it, like seasonal, like seasonal beers. Is that, yeah. is that the kind of thing you're talking about?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, we we're, we're, you know uh, we keep bringing up the Zerker mode. That's a, a great example. That's a you know a, a strong Baltic Porter dark beer. And um, we're using you know local roaster green coffee. We're using their coffee, so. You know that's not necessarily something that that Budweiser is uh, right. or Miller Makes or right. or anybody like that, so right? I'm like not a, that kind uh, of thing.
0: well. For example, like you might provide a, a lighter summer ale, that type of thing, right?
3: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, we're kind of pulling in some of uh, our drinkers that drink more aggressive style beers uh, to drink that. We're pulling in people um, because of a novelty aspect. We're pulling in people because you know everybody likes to drink something clean and crisp and right. refreshing in the summer. So.
0: Well, listen, we appreciate your time. We wish your brewery the very best of luck, and uh, we look forward to uh, enjoying uh, enjoying that sample when it comes out, Ben. Yeah, I think we should do a tasting here on the air, Bob. Yeah, well, we're up for it, Ben. Yeah. Maybe you can come to the yeah, studio no, and join us.
3: Yeah, I, I would love that. Y'all just let me know. All
0: right, thank you, buddy. Ben Green, everybody. Southern Prohibition Brewery. We'll be right back.
3: the top.
0: I want to thank Lee Roberts for joining us uh, early in the show. Also, our thanks to Ben Green from Southern Prohibition Brewery. A quick reminder, on the show tomorrow, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun Herald. Also, Tom Brock, who is on the Southern Miss Chain Gang. And, and to clarify, that's not the same type of chain gang that Kelly has done a little time on. This is the football chain gang.
1: Yeah, you know, the guys that first down, they have to Correct. bring the chains Correct. in. And, and
0: he's been there through all the coaches, Kelly. And uh, He and I were talking the other day, and I told him my first real experience that years ago was when I traveled to Auburn with Southern Miss and uh, stood on the sidelines by Big Nasty, and, ho, (laughs) he said he's he's heard just about every word there is to hear on the sidelines, in a quarter of a century of doing that. Pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, I'll bet some of those stories are are doozies, too. We'll have to see what are some of his favorites.
0: Yeah, yeah, so we're looking forward to Looking forward to having him on the show, and then a week from today, Austin Davis back on the show, who was a quite a quarterback at Southern Miss. Obviously, uh, also a great quarterback that had some real success in the NFL. And man, he's really uh, he's done well as a coach on the big on the big stage.
1: Yeah, he's coaching a, a guy named Russell Wilson. Yeah, with the Seattle Seahawks, he's pretty good.
0: Yeah, and I think the Seahawks really like Austin Davis. I think they really like him being on their squad. And
1: and there were there were certain people in the Southern Miss family that were really pushing an Austin Davis candidacy to be the head coach. Right. You know here, but but even Austin, I think, kind of said, you know, I I probably need a little bit more experience uh, before I'm ready to. Ready to fill those shoes, but uh, there were a lot of people who would have been very excited to see Austin Davis return in in any way, shape, or form. Uh, nobody's complaining about any of the situations now in in football at, at Southern Miss. It looks like uh, no. They got a lot of pressure on him though. Going in this, uh, know, expectations and, and, are big.
0: In his day, he was a great baseball player. I think he actually, if I have this story right, I think he actually came here initially to play baseball. But ended up playing football, and the rest is history. He was uh, well. Brett Favre
1: was another one, right? You know that that was a baseball player and a football player. Just just athletes. Um, you know there was the kid from from Oak Grove that went to the school up north. He was a mm-hmm. cor- a quarterback and a baseball player, right? Um, so that's that's a combination that you see certainly more frequently because the seasons don't collide. You know, you got football right. in the fall and then baseball in the spring. You rarely right. will find that. That football-basketball combination, although DeMar Dotson, you know, who played for Southern Miss, played basketball and football with the Tampa Bay Bucks and wherever he is now. He may still be with the Bucks. I'm not sure, but, uh, yeah, that happens every once in a while. Gabe Shepard, Bob. Yeah,
0: speaking of baseball, tell them this.
1: Yeah, Gabe (laughs) Shepard getting ready for the Major League Draft, which is, I think, scheduled for this weekend, and and, uh, he went away to some workouts in Ohio, and the reports I'm getting is he was very impressive. Uh, sitting, you know, mid to upper 90s, you know, pretty consistently. Arm feels good. Uh, he was very excited about about his workouts. And now, depend where he's going to get drafted, they'll usually find out as teams kind of jockey for positions and know who, you know, the team ahead of them, who they're going to take and who might be available. The draft will become a lot more clear toward the end of the week as to where they might be drafted. But remember, it's much more competitive now because you don't have the 40 rounds. But all word that I'm getting is that Gabe Shepherd's is going to be drafted. So we'll, yeah. s- we'll see. that would be
0: great. Yeah, good for him. I mean, he's, he's suffered injuries that have really prevented him. He was electric uh, in the conference tournament a couple of years ago. Electric when he pitched against Arizona State in the, in the regional down in Baton Rouge a couple of years back. But injuries have put him on the sideline. And, you know, if if the kid can, uh, can salvage something and, and move forward, then good for him. And that's also.
1: part of the reasons for the workout, too. You know, he can say his arm is okay, but you got the people under the watchful eye saying, well, show us that the arm is okay. You know, particularly when you have a a history of some injuries but uh, supposedly all systems go and uh at a perfect time for him so we wish him luck right, in right. the draft
0: well you know from a fan perspective you were, you were hoping to see him come back and able to pitch and you're hoping that ryan ock hangs around because those would be uh two pretty dynamic starting pitchers to go along with two returning starters that you would have but i'll tell you the the Major League Baseball draft always just throws a monkey wrench in things, doesn't it?
1: Well, there's that big money, you know. Particularly now, with fewer and fewer draft picks, teams are going to be able to throw a little more money at a fifth rounder than they would have before, because you know that's it right. uh, anymore. So, so we'll see how that how that works out. I was I was glad to hear Lee Roberts say some of the things he he did, but but more of these prognostications, Bob, that are coming out, just about and I, and I understand a lot of it is for entertainment. But a lot of them have Southern Miss solidly a four seed on the west side. They, they're you know, they looking at UAB winning the west, followed by UT San Antonio, because we mentioned they've got 21 out of 22 starters back. I think they're only lacking one on offense, but have all the defensive starters back. Then they've got Louisiana Tech coming in third, and then Southern Miss fourth
0: in the western division. 6 and 5 would be a good year 7 and 4 would be outstanding you agree or disagree see but i have them i have them at 8 and 3 <laughs> okay
1: so i mean a lot of the one, lee roberts was talking you know yeah. that, that that that's reasonable to to expect but man I, you know and but again you,
0: but you also think Iowa state is going to play for the national championship
1: Someday. I mean, maybe not this year. And you and I might be long gone by then.
0: Cincinnati's going to make the playoffs.
1: No, now, let's look. Let's not be crazy now. (laughs) The Bengals are talking about. Yeah, let's not get stupid.
0: Tom Brock, Patrick McGee on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. We'll both be back. We hope you will, too. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top.
3: Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. to the sea i let my spirit carry me i want to fly like a i
0: a super talk mississippi media production